What's the latest with the Libertarian Party and the Free State Movement in New Hampshire? Let's talk to Zephan Wood. He is a recent Free Stater, a current law student at UNH Franklin Pierce, and he does a lot of work over at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Let's catch up with him now. This is the New England Take. I'm your host, AJ Kearsed. The New England Take.com. Check out more from the show. Like and subscribe right now. Right now. Let's start to the interview. You're actually my first officially like publicly announced free stater i'm sure i've had other free staters on as a right-wing <laughs> guy who leans libertarian on many issues i'm sure there's others that don't openly say that they they came because of the movement because it's politically it's been a bit of a mixed bag for many the last couple cycles especially since covid with the democrats pushing hard against it but it, it feels like they're the movement is beginning to to rise back up again and people are a little more willing to say hey i can't here because of this movement. So uh, just elevator pitch. What is the free state movement and why did you uh, take part in it? So basically the free state project is the idea of getting libertarians from all over the country and ideally all over the world to converge on one specific place uh, where we can finally have a, a free market, a free, um, a free society, and um, and basically to allow the principles of liberty and freedom to actually take root um, in one spot. Uh, right now, the liberty movement's kind of fragmented. We're kind of all over the place, and um, and in most places, it's either very very hard leaning red or right wing, um, and then very very hard leaning left or um, or blue. So um, it's it's about time that um, people that love liberty and freedom have at least one place where they can go. Um, in terms of what got me involved, you mentioned COVID. Um, that that was really a big turning point for me. I was living in California, um, and it was horrible there. They they were masking. They were uh, my my school was shut down. You know, it basically my whole life was changed. Um, and I got out right in time because I graduated from um, a four year I was going to at the time. Um, and right as I was graduating, they were putting. Um, they were putting vaccine mandates in place and they said that the only way that you could go to school would be if you got the shot. Meanwhile, um, I had found out about the free state project and, and I was sick of, uh, California's BS. I'm, I'm very pro, uh, gun too. And that was like a big thing for me. Um, but at the same time, um, New Hampshire was making it illegal for institutions that received public funding, uh, to mandate vaccines. So as uh, California and uh, New York and all these other states get way worse, um, New Hampshire keeps getting better. And I think that that's in large part due to the live free or die culture here, of course, um, but it's also due to the Free State Project and, and the fact that we have a lot of movers and shakers that moved here for that purpose. In New Hampshire, inherently, in my experience, so I've been here since I started my undergrad back in 2006 at Franklin Pierce University, did my undergrad over there all four years, and, and I got hired over at the law school, which we'll dive into, which you're currently a student over at UNH Franklin Pierce. Full disclosure, I worked there for 12 years uh, before leaving there three months ago for uh, just another job because I got, got lucky hmm. with another opportunity. Um, but I, I feel like culturally, New Hampshire is very different when it comes to uh, individual liberty, l keep the government on fighting amongst itself out of the way. The, the, it's partially, mm -hmm. I think, what's bred 
our state house to be kind of an interesting hive of some weirdos to put it frankly and, pe- and yeah. we don't we don't pay them i mean they, they make a hundred dollars a year so it's people that are really really interested in what they want to bring to the table as opposed to it being a job that they sit in forever and these two things mixed together is just fascinating to watch as just a political observer and newscaster yeah definitely i mean i what you said about the weirdos i don't I don't think it's even all exclusively on one side or the other. Like for no. example, for example, the uh, the dem- this is something that really surprised me. The Democrats um, in this state are they at least posture to be anti-tax. Like they they they're like, oh, the property taxes are too high and blah blah blah. Um, and they're also very pro-police. The the Democrats um, and very pro uh, war on drugs, which is something that. Um, as a Californian prior and just, you know, paying attention to national politics in general, uh, that's not really the case. Um, but but here in New Hampshire, they kind of have to uh, hobble together this uh, broad, weird coalition. Uh, and that's that's kind of what we see. And that's just one example. There's a bunch of really weird coalitions in the state house that yeah, uh, I mean, that the Republicans as a whole are have this huge divide. Totally. I mean, between these these damn free staters, as many people yeah, call right. them, <laughs> and, and the more conservative business focused Republicans like your Sununos. I, I mean, that right. dynamic on its own is just fascinating from a political standpoint. And then you see the legislation that manages to come through, like um, like the education freedom accounts and everything, which has been a huge right. Milestone when it comes to both sides of the Republicans coming together. Yeah, no, definitely. And you also have the the Trumpers. You have some um, Republicans that are like very staunchly pro life, and that's their one issue. Um, the thing that um, sort of disheartens me is that even though uh, the Democrats, you know, are weird in the state, um, they're still very monolithy in this state. Like I don't really see them break ranks that often, which is really unfortunate because. Um, there are instances where free staters and and other liberty Republicans introduce, um, you know, like bills that are generally like left leaning um, in in the normal context. Uh, but because it's introduced by a free stater or a pro liberty Republican, uh, they tend to not um, emphasize it as much. For example, there's a bill this session uh, that was introduced by Representative Matt Santanastasu, who uh, I'd recommend everyone check him out. He's a great pro-liberty, open free stater uh, rep. Um, and he, and the bill he introduced was to ban no-knock raids. Um, and I I reached out to some organizers about BLM, uh, um, you know, with BLM uh, to to see if they would support it. Um, and it just didn't seem like there was a lot of enthusiasm. You know, um, even though they they hit the streets and they're like, we need police reform now. We need all these things. And then somebody introduces it and, you know, it just it doesn't bring out the thousands of people into the streets that the protests do. Um, you know, the the testimony halls tend to be pretty bare when when uh, you actually need to go to uh, put your at- effort in to change policy. Um, so it's just it's a very strange dynamic. Yeah, I mean, this is my analysis of the the Democrats. I've said the similar things before about them, but I feel like they've gotten kind of stuck in the the. I mean, the same thing that the MAGA Republicans are called out for, where they they get focused on the national topics. They they stick with the narrative no matter what, and it's. I find it to be extremely counterproductive. And instead of finding like the like the education freedom counts, I think are the prime example of that where. On one hand, 
many of them, like Altschiller, are sending their kids sent or sent their kids to private schools, but in turn say, mm-hmm. "Hey, you need to uh, send your send your kids to a public school for a year before you send them to another one," which is just cruel. Yeah, yeah that that bill in particular really gr- uh, grinded my gears. Um, this this session, I reviewed like around three hundred. 20-ish bills so far, and that one was one of my least favorites. Um, I, I almost would next session want to see free staters or uh, liberty Republicans introduce a bill um, that that says that if parents want to enroll their kids in public school, that they have to have one session where they where you know they homeschool them or put them in a private school, you know, so that the kids can and the parents can experience the difference between the two. Uh, because right now it's it's just kind of a monopoly. And what the education freedom accounts do is they make it so that the there's actually competition in education, which um which decreases the and this is the case with any competition, but it decreases the price and increases the quality. Um and and um and if and if it's done even more, if it's emphasized even more, then it's just going to get cheaper and it's going to get better. Um, like, really, the Democrats should be in favor of education freedom accounts because it improves the quality of public education. Um, but if you tell them that, they're you know they they'd be like, what? How's that possible? Um, but but it's really self evident if you just understand basic tenets of uh, of economics. So to prove I'm not kissing anyone's ass here, I'm going to ask to go into the downside or the problems that we've found, oh, I've found with the libertarians too here. It's like like I, I'm do. independently affiliated. I, I vote Republican across and libertarian for for everything. But generally speaking, I found there's been a, a huge problem with the libertarian movement. A, which is very much a meme at this point, there is no true libertarian. <laughs> it's this, this uh, constant yeah. battle. And, and there's this, this issue where yeah, I found this especially with certain individuals. I will not say it's across the board of the free staters. Is this uh, mm-hmm. kind of going into the world of anarcho-capitalism as being the focus mm-hmm. where we remove government entirely? That is kind yeah. of the line where I say, like, no, 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 that's not how I feel whatsoever, and I have a problem with that. I mean, how to – how do you as someone that's trying to work within the legal system and bills and such going through um, strike that balance with when you know there's these strong voices in the party that are pushing for these sorts of things? Well, I mean, I've seen constitutionalists, minarchists, um, anarchists, and caps all work together on things like this, you know, like it really where it tends to be a problem is like online or just through that kind of discourse where it's like, oh, you're a radical or, oh, you don't go far enough or whatever. But in terms of actually supporting policy and things like that, um, we all tend to be on the same page because what we all agree on is that the government's too big, right? Mm -hmm. And if you start with that premise, you can you can really have a very very broad coalition of even progressives that are like yeah we have crony capitalism and we we have this worrying blend of um, markets and and government which a lot of libertarians and minarchists even agree with um, and and if you have that be the focus that can really facilitate some good change and some good policy um, I think that the biggest divide within the community like within the actual like libertarian free stater community are the free um are between the people that like vote and the people that are like so anarchist that they're like no even participating <laughs> yeah. in the system in that way is is violent um and um and and so that's actually where the real divide is like just amongst 
this community. But in terms of like actually getting policy together, I see people of all different you know, shapes and, and political ideologies working together and, and getting stuff done. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is part of the problem when the whole concept of the movement in the Libertarian Party is um, independent thought and independent freedom when it comes to just your daily life and everything like that, which in turn can create um, create this this inherent problem with organizational efforts, like like it's like yeah. the, free, the free state yeah. movement is obviously an example of them coming together with people with all sorts of different um, different thinking. But on the other hand, it also makes it hard for it to become more of a, a corporate party is kind of a, a kind of a negative way of phrasing it. But I think you know what I mean, where <laughs> yeah. you can actually come together as a group. And this one thing you can say on a positive um, organizational. Um, way of, of of looking at the Democratic Party is they are all working together. They all have one thing right. they're pushing for. As much as we all de- we may despise or love certain aspects of what they're pushing for, um, it, at least you're able to come together and say this is what's going on. And when you have such strong person, I feel like there's a lot of very very strong personalities in in the yeah. in the Liber- Libertarian Party and the Free Staters, like your, like Jeremy Kaufman, for example, that can be very polarizing. Right. And it's very hard yeah, to but, get but I mean, some yeah. I mean, even Jeremy Kaufman or a lot of these other people, you still see him, um, you know, going and and um, and and working with the Liberty Republicans and and things like that. And he's a huge supporter of like the NHLA and all these other things. So, um, you know, even though like a lot of us are loud or vocal or, uh, you know, polarizing, we all still uh, come together. I think like and you brought up the Libertarian Party. I, I think that in New Hampshire, especially, um, the purpose of the Libertarian Party is not actually to win elections, which sounds weird, you know, because it's like, well, that's all and parties that's are my for, problem right? is it, I find right. it to be counterproductive and, and right. terrible. But that, that's that's my opinion. But I mean, like and and there is some truth to that for sure. But um, but I think that there's a real big utility in um, having there be the principled people in the room that are always willing to shift the Overton window, not saying that the NHGOP um, pro-liberty reps aren't principled. It's just that sometimes they're put in political situations where if they uh, vote in favor of something that's like the most principled thing to do, they can be in trouble. Um, Like for example, gun stock. Right. Um, And, um, and that's that's the role of the Libertarian Party, I think, in the state is to shift culture, to shift attitudes and to make it so that it's like, oh, yeah, you guys are great, but you're not going far enough. And these are all the ways that you're not going far enough. So I like maybe we'll get to the point to where the Libertarian Party stands a real chance. I mean, I think that with the uh, Democrats um, no longer having the first in the nation primary here and we can you know, debate on whether or not that's going to happen. But if it does, um, what will happen is you'll see a huge um, uh, leaving of Democratic money from the state. Um, and the, it'll kind of leave a, um, a, a hole open for, I think, the Libertarian Party to get into where you'll basically like basically the new Overton window in the state will be between like minarchists and potentially like anarchists, like, you know, between the GOP and, and the um, um, NH uh, Libertarian Party. Um, where essentially like now it's like, OK, well, we just need the government to be like only there for essential fun- functions you know so like providing providing for the basics right 
Um, and, and like, it's going to be that push and pull, but I, I guess we'll see what happens with, 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 uh, the whole, um, the whole first in the nation primary change. Yeah. I'm very hopeful. that. Yeah. I mean, plus if you remove the money from the situation as much from the Democrats, it, I mean, there's a chance of, Hey, they'll no longer have that fundraising motivation to stay along the party line, no matter what. Um, and Buckley there over at the <laughs> New Hampshire Democratic Party may may not be able to have that iron fist he has over his, his yeah. reps and such because because it, it's it, it's strong. I, I mean, there's no way around it. Yeah. I mean, they're basically the counterbalance uh, or the 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 polar opposite of what's going on with the Libertarian Party. So just want to be. I'm not trying to pick on them necessarily as much as I pick on right, them no. on Twitter all the time. <laughs> right, poor Collins. <laughs> uh, it, but it, it kind of shows the other way it can go, where it goes this other extreme um, corporatization of, of a party in, in such a way with all the money. I mean, uh, right? No, I mean, I was pretty surprised to see how corrupt the. Democrats are in this state because where I, you know, in California, a big thing that they talk about is like, you know, the whole money and politics thing and oh, it corrupts and blah, blah, blah. But out here, it's like, nope, we're, we're establishment, we're institutional, we take all of the money, we take all of the bribes. I mean, look at Maggie Hassan. She was like the most like funded um, um, federal Senate race in the country, I think. Um, and um, you look at uh, Chair um, Buckley's uh, Twitter bio and he's like have been has have been here since like the 1600s or whatever so he's just like very entrenched in like that sort of like establishment oh I've been here so I matter more sort of mentality um which which has um been highlighted in his rhetoric towards free staters I mean he's He's been very genocidal in his language. I, I and I don't even I don't want to overstate my case here, but I mean he said things like, oh, you know, they're they're vermin and they're parasites that free staters are that have to be kicked out of the state, um, and and they're invasive. Um, and then people piggyback off that because he's the he's the head honcho, he's the leader of the party. And and they cling on to that and they take it even further. There are people on Twitter that say, oh, we have to exterminate them. We have to do this and do that. Um, and and it's it's pretty clear that um, that that rot and that, um, you know, just that mentality can can lead to, you know, some really gross rhetoric, rhetoric and behavior as much as as much crap as free staters get. I, I think that. I think that the um, the leadership in the Democratic Party doesn't get nearly enough for what they say in their rhetoric. The New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which you've been doing some work with, they're a nonpartisan coalition working to increase individual freedom in New Hampshire. Stolen from their Twitter bio because there's a, a great little one-liner on it. Uh, what what does this organization do? So basically what the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance does is it goes through all of the bills that are submitted by um, by the House and Senate, um, and it reviews them based on how pro or anti-liberty they are. It basically um, volunteers. It's a completely volunteer-run organization. Nobody gets paid. Um, we all look through um, the bills, and then, and then we, we rate them based on certain – uh, categories like for example if it increases personal liberty then we mark that if it decreases uh we do that if it, it bolsters property rights we mark that doesn't mark that increases decreases taxes things like that and then we're and then it's given a raw score um and and depending on the score and the level of importance in general uh, it's put on the gold standard uh which is handed out to all uh, state reps and state senators before they vote, basically uh, telling them which way is the pro or anti-liberty way to vote. Uh, and then at the end of the um, at the end of the cycle, 
um, the state reps are given a, um, a, a grade, um, basically based off of their voting record and how they voted on the gold standard issues. Um, and it goes from A all the way down to F, and then the lowest is constitutional threat. Um, so the people that are basically like, oh, how, uh, what did the NHLA mark on this? I'm going to do the opposite. Like that, those are the constitutional threats. Um, and, and yeah, and then based off of that, a lot of, um, a lot of people that are in the Liberty community and, uh, other organizations decide who they, uh, plan on door knocking for and supporting and, um, things like that. So it's a really great organization. I think it's, probably one of the most effective pro-liberty organizations in the state. I mean, uh, the Free State Project is cool, obviously, because it it helps get people here. But I think that um, besides the Free State Project, like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance actually does the most for liberty in the state, if arguably not even more. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're working on actual bills that will be put into law or not put into law, I, I mean, it's, it's super important. It's more important than getting warm bodies in the state. And let's, talk about some oh, of totally. issues, let's talk about some of the issues that are being discussed this session. I mean, or actually in previous sessions also, let's start off with cannabis. <laughs> uh, it looks like slowly but surely, Sununu is being pounded about the head over and over again. Legalized yep. marijuana. You got the Democrats for the most part. You got the liberty-focused uh, Republicans. You got the libertarians party members in there all voting for it what where are we sitting with this now so i mean the main obstacle for uh cannabis legalization in the past has been the senate um a lot of good bills go past the house no problem basically if it's a pro-liberty bill it gets past the house um and and um and then it uh reaches the senate and it's dead on arrival but what makes me more optimistic this session is that we have two uh, very staunchly pro-liberty people in the Senate, which might not sound like a lot, but it's actually more than there's ever been. <laughs> um, like all of the people before that were pro-liberty were kind of, you know, kind of lackluster. Um, but this time we have two really solid, really principled um, um, senators in there that will shift the Overton window to be a lot more pro-cannabis and um, you have to take into account of the fact that most of the uh, constituents um, of the senators have had enough of this. I mean, I think that it's upwards of 80 percent of Granite Staters support uh, legalizing cannabis. All of my neighbors, you know, are are like, what the heck is this? You know, why why haven't we had legal cannabis yet? Just like you. Um, and and um, and and another obstacle is that the uh, Senate has has said Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter what we do anyway, even if we pass it, um, Sununu is going to be against it. So why even sacrifice that political capital? Right. Uh, um, and so but recently Sununu has been saying um, it's inevitable. He's saying things like, oh, cannabis legalization is inevitable. We have to do it right. Um, last session, there was a bill that was going to have it be regulated by the uh, Liquor Commission, which I thought was a horrible bill. And I think I reviewed that one and said, like, yeah, as much as I support cannabis legalization, you don't want it managed by that mess. Um, and it was something that Sununu was actually really in favor of. Um, and then this session, um, you know, before he said it was inevitable, uh, there was a bill that was um, that was introduced that was bipartisan. Um, it had the House Majority um, Speaker Jason Osborne and the House Minority Leader. I forget his name, but obviously he's a Democrat. Um, and they both co-signed uh, this together. And uh, it's a very good compromise bill. Like, um, I, I, I'm not a huge favor of compromises. I'm, you know, pr principle first. Let's get... Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm an activist. Like, let's get this done. Yeah. Um, but 
That being said, it's actually a really good compromise bill. Like, so it doesn't introduce new taxes. It basically just applies the meals and rooms tax to uh, um, to to cannabis. Um, and the funding just goes to fund, you know, treatment programs and education programs about drugs, which like, you know, if you're going to put the money anywhere, why not put it there? Right. Um, and um, and and there's a lot of other good things about it, like um, uh, it, it allows for unlimited like uh, personal grow, I think, mm -hmm. which is like awesome. Um, and, and a bunch of other, other really good stuff. Uh, it would make New Hampshire the lowest taxed and lowest regulated, uh, state in the country in respect to cannabis, uh, once we do that. So no more, no more complaints of like, oh, how does the live free or die state not have legal cannabis? It's like, not only do we have legal cannabis, it's better legal cannabis than the rest of the country. Yeah, exactly. Um, so That's the big that, thing. So like, I, if we can make that happen, we can do it right and be a leader for future states and possibly the feds with finally getting the damn, uh, descheduling happening and such i mean that'd be fantastic so we only got like four minutes left on on, on the, the the interview so i want to be sure to have you touch upon like you're you're a 1l law student which is a first year law student mm -hmm. over at unh franklin pierce school of law i gotta say yeah. i've always said this um real world experience is the most important thing when you're going through the education process getting out there into the field how do you feel like your work with the liberty alliance and just in general being an activist working in the uh, libertarian community has, has helped you in your journey to get a jd uh well i think it's uh it has and is going to help me a lot moving forward I, i'm thinking that my focus in law is going to be immigration law because on online you just see so many people that are that know that new hampshire is the place to be um if they want freedom but the main obstacle that they encounter is the immigration system and i think that everyone can agree that america the purpose of it is to be a place um, where those that seek more freedom and liberty and opportunity and prosperity can go. And I think that people that uh, maybe I'm a little biased here, but I think that libertarians and like, you know, people, other types of people that are uh, liberty oriented tend to embody those principles the best. So I really want to focus um, on basically helping um, potential free staters from other countries get here and establish um, their lives with uh, without having to deal with the intricacies of the immigration system so getting plugged into the community has really helped me with that obviously because you know now now it's basically going to be my whole client base moving forward um so so yeah that's that's basically the gist of it yeah and i mean you, you talk about really wanting to make change the best way to make change is actually understand how the damn system works and i think that's something a lot of right, activists exactly. forget yeah no definitely i mean some so many activists focus on like just dismantling it and all of that and I, I i i think because i also have a bit of a conservative bent um there's the principle of like what's the difference between like uh, a progressive and a conservative a, a, a progressive tears down a fence um you know just because it's a fence and it's an obstacle that's getting in the way of what they deem to be progress uh meanwhile a conservative is like okay well let me analyze this fence let me see if there's a purpose of it maybe it's meant to keep out bears you know um like before i tear it down right and then uh after making sure that there's no reason the fence is up then perhaps they tear down the fence or maybe they like you know put up an even stronger fence right i mean maybe it serves a legitimate function so understanding how the system works i think is um, imperative to to actually addressing the problems and issues for sure. Stephen Wood, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a fun conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I had a great time. Thanks for having me.
So Porcupine Law on Twitter, if you want to give them a follow, if you want to learn more about the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, go to nhliberty.org. I highly suggest you check it out. They're doing some interesting work over there. And wish Zephan the best of luck as he works on his JD over at UNH Franklin Pierce. And uh, hopefully we'll have him back on in the future, as well as other free staters to learn more about the movement. You've been listening to the New England Take. I'm your host, AJ Kirsa. Be sure to check out the newenglandtake.com.